You're listening to the Inbound Logistics Podcast with today's guest, Tucker Perkins, President and CEO of the Propane Education and Research Council. Propane is familiar to weekend campers or backyard grill masters, but that's just a very small part of the many applications that propane is used for. Industries from sports to material handling are implementing propane for its many benefits and cost savings. How much does your company know about the potential of propane? Tucker Perkins, President and CEO of the Propane Education and Research Council, chats with us about how propane could very well be the fuel of the future today. Joining us today on the Inbound Logistics Podcast, we have Tucker Perkins, President and CEO of the Propane Education and Research Council. Tucker, thank you so much for joining the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm looking forward to this conversation. Great to have you. Looking forward to uh, speaking with you about all of the benefits of, of propane. Uh, if you could do me a favor, give us a self-introduction. Uh, talk to me a little bit about you, your work in the industry, and uh, introduce us to Perk. Yeah, well, thank you. So uh, I'm Tucker Perkins. I'm the president and CEO of the Propane Education and Research Council. We'll call that Perk from now on, um, which we're a nonprofit group that really represents the propane industry. And when people ask us, what do we do? I would tend to say, first, we make sure that propane is used safely. However it's used across the country, that it's used safely. And so we work with training not only homeowners or farmers, but uh, propane installers and delivery people, architects, engineers, we want them to not only know how to use propane to make sure that it's specified, installed, and then used safely. That's that's a big part of our world of safety and training. Uh, the second thing we're doing quite regularly is we're working with our core industries. It could be a farmer. Today, we're going to talk a lot about material handling and logistics. That's been a key ingredient you know, of our success. And so we we really work hard with our user community to make sure that one, they're using propane properly, two, that they have the best tools that they can use. And I'll talk a lot about our innovation and research and development because we're active in all those areas. But I think primarily uh, we have really been aggressive in material handling for the last 10 years about more durable engines, more fuel efficient engines. Uh, has benefits to everyone. And then I think the last part of what we do is we really work to see that propane is a fuel of the future. And, you know, as we talk a lot today about electrification and that movement, you know, I think clean fuels have been left behind, fuels like propane and natural gas. And so we're really all the time working to make uh, propane even a more modern fuel. And we'll talk today about renewable propane. So moving that carbon intensity down to zero or perhaps below zero. And so so people can feel comfortable in choosing propane, that it's safe, that it's affordable, and that it's a fuel of today and a fuel of the future. So, so it's a big task. We have about 35 people that work every day. I live in Richmond, Virginia. Our office is today in Washington, D.C. and in Richmond, Virginia. But we're spread out across the country and we're today working with manufacturers and end users and architects and engineers. Today, we're probably in 12 or 13 states having meetings to see that propane is being used properly. All right, excellent. We're going to get to that renewable propane uh, shortly. But uh, talking about that user community, uh, most of the people listening uh, probably use propane in, in a residential setting, firing up the grill, uh, uh, things like that. But um, there are a lot of other 
industrial applications for propane, right? And uh, I'd like you to go into a little bit of that. I, and, and actually, uh, we're recording this uh, just a couple of days away from uh, the the big game in the NFL. And uh, I know that uh, propane probably finds uh, a lot of use there. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about uh, some of those other applications? Yeah, and I'd love to talk to you about how propane works for the NFL. In fact, in a lot of sporting events, you know, propane is is generating a lot of that power through portable power units. And, you know, we've been working in close partnerships with the PGA for years, with NFL. Almost all of that communications equipment is powered by propane power generators. And I, I, I want to talk a little bit about power generation before we leave, because it's something we didn't really talk about 10 years ago, and now it's really front and center. But let's let's do go back, because I think you've touched on either a frustration or certainly a, a big uh, part of our ability to change the perception of propane, because routinely I'll speak at an environmental conference and people's question will be, how exactly can the fuel that powers my grill, how is that a fuel of the future? And to their point, 45 million homes have a propane grill. Five million homes rely on propane for their primary heat. And about 7 million homes rely on propane for more than just heat, hot water, cooking, uh, backup power. Uh, today, we have about 675,000 forklifts running on propane. It's been really for our industry. It's arguably one of our staple uh, industries that we've been aligned with. But we're also involved in transportation. Uh, you know, I think you'll see propane continue to be strong in medium duty transportation, that last mile delivery. Uh, we're so active in that space. And then, of course, the traditional markets about home, farm and commercial. So people don't realize propane is a very much a U.S. thing. We are the world's largest producer by far. We're the world's largest exporter by far. People in every continent. Uh, are relying on U.S. propane to uh, really do the work that they need to provide heat or clean cooking or hot water. And it's it's really gratifying sometimes if you travel somewhere like uh, Africa or even parts of the developing world, how they are aspiring to use propane to really change their life, to to reduce the number of premature deaths from indoor air quality. And they're using it in a way that Americans really aren't familiar, but they're using it in a way that really is changing uh, their their entire civilization, making them healthier and more productive. So it's a it's a really great fuel. And as I said, it's not a fuel of the past or a fuel of today because I think we'll talk about you know the ability to improve its carbon content, and certainly I see it being useful well into the future. All right. Well, let's touch on that. Then you you mentioned uh, renewable propane before. How is that different then from from traditional propane? And uh, are there other sustainability benefits uh, from renewable propane? And it's funny as I travel around the country, you you go to California or perhaps Washington State. You know, they're quite familiar with renewable fuels in general. We talk a lot about sustainable aviation fuel or SAF. I call it from now on. Renewable diesel has been, you know, somewhat in the top of the press for a while. People tend to think some about renewable natural gas. Renewable propane, first, it's really important to acknowledge the only area that renewable propane is similar to conventional propane is that it's a perfect drop-in fuel. Chemically, renewable propane and conventional propane are the same molecule. 
keep everything else about it is different. Really, it's it's pedigree. It's it's where it comes from. So renewable propane, and I love this story because had we had this conversation four or five years ago, I would have talked about making renewable propane from the same sources we make renewable diesel or SAF. Uh, used cooking oils, a whole host of agricultural oils, fats, tallows, uh, getting to that triglyceride to crack it and turn it into propane. Five years ago, I think that was the old, the only story. And today we're in multiple partnerships in the U.S. And then you know, a lot of our contemporaries around the world are starting to work with it uh, in other continents. But we now see streams of waste methane, whether it comes from animal waste or landfills. Uh, or even methane flares in the oil patch, or perhaps industrial waste. We're able to take all of those feedstocks and then change its composition to be renewable propane. I think that that's only a part of the story, because I think what people rarely talk about is, can we do it at scale? Can we do it at cost? And if we're really an intellectually complete about all of the energy that goes in and all the energy that comes out, what we find is that renewable propane is in fact affordable, it's available at scale, and it's a very efficient process. So the total carbon intensity goes uh, significantly lower. Put in perspective, carbon intensity today of conventional propane is about 79. You know, I won't, I won't bore you with the units behind that, the carbon intensity of the renewable propane that we're making today is about 11. Uh, and really some of the streams that we're looking to build pilot plants as early as this year, those carbon intensities will certainly be negative, perhaps as negative as 100 or so when we think about reclaiming waste streams of methane. So very exciting future because it's affordable it's environmentally sound, but it brings all of the benefits of conventional propane, power range, duty cycle. Uh, it, it's, a, it's a great story uh, for people who are thinking about or currently using propane. That, uh, the uh, inbound logistics audience is always uh, interested in uh, anything that uh, addresses sustainability. It sounds like propane uh, has the potential to directly address sustainability efforts. Is that fair? Absolutely. And I think, you know, the first the first fuel that we tend to think about that we should be able to begin to replace is diesel fuel, right? Diesel fuel, relatively difficult to store, relatively difficult to use and have it in a clean environment. So you know, we see really the ability to uh, take market share from diesel fuel by replacing it with propane. And I'll just go to straight to an on-road statistic. As we've done that in medium duty vehicles, we've cut the operating cost by 50%. Cut the operating cost 50% in going from diesel fuel to uh, propane. And we're doing that with a significant reduction in both NOx, particulate matter, and CO2. So, you know, an operator can see massive benefits to their bottom line but they can also begin to talk about their environmental footprint reduction. It really helps them with their ESG scores. And I know, you know, everybody listening to this podcast is thinking about how to, you know, have a better ESG score because it's what their customers want. It's really what their employees want. It's the right thing to do. So rarely do I think I see a, a product that allows you to cut costs, maintain your operations, 
and still improve your ESG score. And we see that with conventional propane. So, yes, I, I would say this. Lastly, uh, we're really not even afraid to take on electricity in some cases. I think we've all thought through the fact that electricity is emission free. And, you know, I think most people understand that's not true. But we, what we see is, again, if we're really complete about exactly what components go in to make up electricity in many places today, in fact, about 38 states as I look at it today, using conventional propane is actually better for greenhouse gases than using electricity. If we think about how it comes from coal or natural gas or a few other things. So, you know, a great opportunity. And, and we're not, I am nowhere near suggesting that propane is the fuel for all solutions. We really love to talk about this wide path, but that wide path has to include a bunch of fuels that have the right components for duty cycle and for needs, but also is environmentally friendly and healthy and lastly affordable, kind of three things that we rarely put into the same bucket, but I, I like to, to talk about them all at one time. Good for the environment, good for our health, and affordable. Well, let's go into that a little bit more, if you could. Uh, you talked about electrification um, and uh, maybe some concerns over some hidden emissions there in that process. So can you can you go a little bit more into what those emissions uh, might be and, and how uh, propane uh, really provides a, a cleaner alternative? Yeah, well, I think, you know, we're, we're coming from a time when I think the focus has been almost exclusively on greenhouse gases. Perhaps we're move, seem to be moving a little bit uh, more lately into health benefits as, as EPA thinks about even perhaps moderating and governing some of those health benefits like particulate matter 2.5 or NOx emissions. But I think most people don't really go back to think about where their electricity comes from. They they know that it comes from something, and they would hope they all hope that it comes from geothermal or hydroelectric or solar and wind. But I think that's not really the case. Sixty percent of the grid in the U.S. today comes uh, is produced uh, with electricity that comes from coal and natural gas. You have an opportunity to use a naturally clean fuel like propane. Use it directly. Use it in an efficient engine, and that's what I've was talking about a lot of our innovation over the last decade has been aimed at efficiency. Frankly, it wasn't always aimed at efficiency to get cleaner emissions. It was aimed at efficiency to get a durable and low cost engine. So the more, the more of that energy we could convert to power, the better it was for the user, much cheaper to operate. The natural byproduct of an efficient engine though is fewer tailpipe emissions. So when we really compare, let's start with an easy comparison. We compare the emissions of propane to diesel in an off-road vehicle, a little bit different when we think about it in an on-road vehicle, but still quite quite similar story in that we reduce emissions, significantly reduced emissions for particulate matter, for NOx, for SOx, uh, and then certainly even in greenhouse gases. And I'll, I'll just use one example. I mean, we're, we're always proud of a partnership we have with the Port of Newark, that Port Newark container terminal a couple of years ago, really made a bold decision, I think, that they were going to move their port tractors from diesel to propane. And so we knew, you know, based on the engines and based on the makeup of the grid uh, that the Port of Newark had, that we could see a savings for them. But when we actually measured uh, just the first couple units, 
of propane against diesel. What we saw is that the propane versions reduced nitrogen oxides 99%. 99%. There, you, most people don't realize it, but this morning, nearly 1.5 million children rode to school in propane-powered school buses. We have a long history of data from that market segment, and we can routinely say that we're cutting NOx emissions by 97% in school transportation, cutting particulate emissions. We don't say 100% because there's no such thing as zero, I guess, but we can comfortably say 99.9% uh, cut in, in emissions there. So that last comparison to the grid is a bit more subjective because uh, the grid in New York is quite different than the grid in California. And then there's this complex mix of buying and transporting. Uh, and then there's the concept of peaks. But I will tell you, we we just finished a study uh, that looked at not only the average emissions of the grid, but the peak emissions. So uh, it, it was shocking even to us. We expected to see a degradation in emissions during the peaks because it makes sense, right? They're going for the next fuel available. And usually the next fuel available would be more like coal or oil. But what we saw in those transient peaks is that sometimes the grid was two or three times as dirty as it was on the averages. So for us, it's not really about propane is against the electric grid because I think electrification is going to happen. It's a natural evolution. Um, and whether we were supportive or against it, it's going to happen, right? We're going to have data centers that require electricity. We're going to have heating systems that use electricity. But for us, it's it's really a call to action for the clarity around using propane where propane makes a lot of sense. Material handling, agriculture, uh, I like to say heating buildings when it's really cold, heating water in general, uh, and producing power uh, when people need more power than the grid can give them. All right. You talked about ports and tractors and material handling. That's up our alley. Obviously, our audience is most interested to hear about uh, the applications in logistics and supply chain. So um, where else does propane play an important role in, in our industry in particular? Let's talk about, you know, our our day to day bread and butter is in catering to the material handling industry. And so, you know, they're class four and five uh, forklifts. Uh, that's really, you know, you you ask anybody in the propane industry who is an important customer, and they will say, you know, the the people in my community that operate forklifts. It's a it's an important partnership between the propane industry and the material handling industry, and so key part for us, uh, a business that we want to keep, a business that we want to see continues to innovate in the fuel and the engines. Important part to us. Beyond that, we see moving into all of the good, uh, the the tractors, port tractors. And as we go into more heavy material movement, we want to start thinking about replacing some of the diesel forklifts, those larger forklifts. Uh, years ago, we probably didn't have that right engine, the durable engine, the powerful enough engine, but now we do. And so we really want to see taking market share from those larger diesel forklifts. Then uh, lastly, if we just kind of keep going, port tractors, I've already talked about it. I think there is no real reason people should have a diesel-powered port tractor. Um, a propane-powered port tractor has the same power and performance, half the operating cost, and much cleaner emissions. And then for us around material handling, uh, 
we're seeing more and more power generation. And it's power generation in all types. It's back up to a prime system, quite a bit of prime systems. And then lastly, helping them with these new loads. So a good example, we're involved in quite a few projects now using uh, power generation powered by propane to help them perhaps with a charging of their fleet that they just didn't have available electricity or a little bit of new load. Uh, we're in a novel project in Corpus Christi uh, where we're looking at uh, using larger generators than we've really used in the past, powered by propane, to help them with peak loads in the port. We're doing a lot of EV charging. I think it surprises even us uh, how many people and communities got their EV population a bit ahead of their ability to keep their EV population charged. So we now see a lot of mobile, towable, and stationary uh, electric vehicle charging that's supported by propane power generators. So a lot of excitement around material handling, ports, and power gen. Uh, you talked about those uh, propane-powered forklifts. Um, for companies that might want to explore that option, what are some of the costs associated, uh, some of the challenges, uh, and things that they need to keep in mind if they do want to uh, see what uh, propane-powered forklifts can do for them? Well, I think one challenge always is just our resistance to change. So I think that's that's a good thing in the conversation <laughs> you and yeah. I are having today because think most people in the material handling and logistics industry are using propane in some way in their operation. So they're familiar with it. But I think, you know, what we see time and time again, you know, we just need to overcome the fact that it's something different. It's something new. Uh, and I, we're all, we see everyone has a tremendous responsibility. I think their first job is for uptime and reliability. Their second job is to see that these products meet their duty cycles. And, you know, look, the logistics industry has been in the news for the last four or five years. Fortunately, kind of stepped out of the news now, you know, as we really kind of work through supply chain. But clearly, we un understand how important it is to be available, to have uptime. And so for us, for us, it's one about convincing the buyers that they can buy something different that's actually better than uh, cleaner than, cheaper than, and cheaper than means two things, right? Maybe the initial cost is even at a discount, but certainly the operating cost is at a significant discount. And I don't think that's going to change, by the way. I think propane is going to continue to be quite competitive to diesel and significantly competitive to the increasing cost of, of electric power. So for us, it's been about understanding what products people want and then finding really good partners to deliver those products. Um, and so for us, it's about product development and innovation that's that's in keeping with what the customers want. I don't think you're going to see, just like you see, you know, the electric grid isn't going to change overnight. It took 100 plus years to build it. It's certainly not going to be completely redone in a decade or so. So for us, it's really the same story. I would say our, our first priority has been around forklifts, class four and five, to see that we have the right units. Our second priority has probably been around port tractors, and we're really proud of where we are there. We see expanding across brands and sizes. And then our third priority is in a few other material handling pieces. We're talking now 
about some rough terrain cargo handlers, reach stackers, things that have been traditional diesel that we see. Uh, we have the right engines. It's an easy change to make for those engines. And then the users get that benefit of a lower cost fuel and a cleaner fuel. Such great information. Um, if you had to uh, sum it up, uh, what is a, a key takeaway that you'd want the uh, audience to to walk away with uh, regarding propane, uh, this this fuel of the future that's that's here right now? Yeah, I would probably I would probably give you three points. I think one to existing users of propane, I would say I hope you know you're using the product and it's meeting all your needs, and I think they can take great comfort that the fuel is going to shift to a lower and lower carbon, and we'll start seeing blends of renewable propane, and then ultimately 100% solutions of renewable propane, they're zero carbon. So an existing user can take great comfort that in choosing propane, they still have a, a, a valuable asset in, in their port tractor, their material handling, forklift, whatever, for the next 20 or 30 years. I think to people who are thinking about how to uh, be greener, be a better community partner, uh, have a better ESG score. Certainly, there are numerous opportunities to reduce diesel consumption and increase propane consumption. And, you know, we see it again, I've, I routinely talk about forklifts, port tractors, power gen, uh, three areas. But, you know, usually as we move around the logistics community, we see lots of equipment that uh, could be helpful. And so I think though it's easy to take that next step. And then lastly, even as they think about their transportation options, uh, a lot of the trucks that are in and out, uh, whether it ranges from a pickup to a class seven, you know, medium duty truck, tremendous opportunities. Every day, 60,000 vehicles are operating on propane in the U.S. Uh, the number, uh, probably three alternate fuel in the world. Um, so there's a lot of opportunity for a fleet manager or an owner to think about replacing diesel, replacing gasoline, and getting a lower cost, cleaner fuel in, into their operation. All right, excellent. Where can I send the audience then to find out more information about propane and all of its benefits? Yeah, propane.com is where we love to start. You know, we spend a lot of time. And, and if you're interested in you know, the specifics of logistics, it's there for you. If you want to know more about renewable fuels and the environmental story, it's there for you. It's kind of a, a one-stop shop, if you would, to learn more about propane, renewable propane. And it's pretty easy. It's propane.com. Excellent. Propane.com. That link will be in the show notes. Tucker Perkins, thank you so much for your time today. Best of luck uh, to you and to Perk and uh, enjoy the big game this weekend. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for what you do. I think, you know, getting this, getting the story told, uh, bringing that community together is so important. So I appreciate what you're doing with this podcast. Inbound Logistics Magazine is the information leader in supply chain and logistics management. Start your free print and digital subscription today by visiting bit.ly slash get IL. That's bit.ly slash get underscore IL and stay ahead of the 3PL game. The Inbound Logistics Podcast is a production of Inbound Logistics Magazine. For the most in-depth information around logistics, transportation, and supply chain practices, 
Get your free print and digital subscription at inboundlogistics.com slash subscribe. Connect with us via LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube for the most current developments in the industry. If you'd like to leave us some feedback or have a topic you'd like to see covered in a future episode, call our dialogue line at 888-878-3247 or leave us an email at podcast at inboundlogistics.com. I'm your host, Jeff Vita. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time here on the Inbound Logistics Podcast.